This is January 31st, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode of Bruins Beat, Connor and I got into, uh, is it time to panic? Three straight losses. Hasn't happened all year. So Connor and I get into that. We also get into the Carolina Hurricanes and how good they are, how to beat them, uh, and and what the Bruins can do to best put themselves in the position to have an advantage over them if they play each other in the postseason. And we also get talking about Bo, Bo Horvat because uh, the Hurricanes are a favorite to land him. And we get into discussing who the Bruins should and shouldn't trade in their prospect pool. It was kind of impromptu, but it was a great conversation. And I very much hope you enjoy it as you hopefully enjoy every one of our conversations. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Good to see you doing so great. Uh, the Bruins, though, of late, have not been great. Yeah, I just put some rhymes together. That was kind of gross. Uh, spitting. I'm spitting over here on this uh, one recording on a Monday morning. Uh, but the Bruins have not been so great of late. Uh, we knew this was going to be a tough road trip. And, you know, drop a close one to Tampa Bay. We talked about that on Poke the Bear. Then lost a heartbreaker to Florida. Ooh, tough. 1.4 seconds left. And then that overtime goal, uh, just not great. And the Carolina game was really not great. And understandably, it's the first time this has happened all year. And people are kind of, you know. Should they be worried? Should Bruins fans be worried? Should the Bruins be worried? And I I don't know. I don't really think so, personally. There's one thing, there's one part of the whole trip I would be worried about, which we'll get to in a bit. But as a whole, I mean, I think there are two sides to this. But my view of it is you lost a good game to Tampa. You just kind of had a malfunction at the end against Florida. And... Carolina is a really freaking good team, and that's going to happen sometimes. And they just happen to be three in a row. What do you think? Evan, I think when you look at it, I don't want to say that Connor Bedard's still in play. but This team is doomed. No. <laughs> yes. No. They're they are going to be fine. Again, Pasternak must be dealt that, at this trade deadline. Yeah. The fact that um, the Bruins' first consecutive uh, losing streak – came all the way in the final week of January, I think should reflect well on where this team is at. Every team goes through these lulls. Every team uh, hits these rough patches. And again, you can look at the, the schedule and just, you know, a road game against a Tampa team that's still very good that I think is now won, what, 11 straight games at home? A win, uh, you know, a loss to a Panthers team. Again, crushing fashion, you need that. You need a win like that. You need to uh, seal things off in the final seconds of the game. But still, that's a hungry team trying to fight for playoff positioning. And then Carolina, 
I mean, this is a, a team and a venue that has been a nightmare for the Bruins for over a year now, right? The Bruins played there five times last season, uh, counting the playoffs. We're outscored 21 to 6. Yeah, remember Carolina not, gave, and even in the garden, remember last year Carolina yeah, gave them that loss? 7 like, to 1. 7 to 1. Oh. Yeah, so, so again, uh, I, you look at how good this team, the Bruins, have been this year, and you you know almost feel like it's inevitable that they break through in these third periods and come back and win these games. And the one against Florida really does hurt in terms of just you had two points right there uh, up for grabs. But, uh, again, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Again, we'll discuss more about it, especially I think Carolina and some of these things in terms of looking ahead to, I think, the gauntlet that awaits once we get to the postseason. Um, but when I think you look at the Bruins, I, I, you can look at things like, general fatigue. Uh, I mean, three games and four nights. Uh, power plays hit a bit of a rut. And you also have to look at injuries, right? I mean, as much as you have the stalwarts like uh, Bergeron and Marchand and Krejci and Pasternak and these guys in the lineup, you know, these are the games where you do miss someone like a, a Jake DeBrusque where whether it's Tampa Bay kind of shutting off the the great A ice or, uh, you know, a team like Carolina who's really good at pressuring puck carriers, stacking the blue line. Kevin guy with that, you know, zero to 60 speed, like the brush comes in handy in terms of fighting into that, that great a ice and didn't have much going in these last couple of games, especially even you look at the power play, which I think has been um, completely out of whack over the last couple of games, having, you know, DeBrusque down there at the net front does what he does, stays at the net front, tips, tips, pucks, all those things missing him as well. So again, it's a rut, not playing very well. It looked discombobulated. Probably could use a nice nine-day break, even though they still have one more game up against Toronto. But I'm not hitting the button to go to DEFCON 1 right now, Evan. No, I was going to say that the All-Star break comes at a perfect time. You need it. Uh, as you see, the rest of the fatigue is pretty evident. Game in Toronto Wednesday, it would be nice if the Bruin, for the Bruins to maybe get a win out of that one and go into the All-Star break on a high. Because I think if you lose that game, suddenly everyone's saying, oh, this All-Star break, you know, they're coming in not so hot. Uh, but, it, you know, again, it comes at the right time and that you need some of that time um, to sort of recover, rest a bit. So I think it's like for, for an NHL season with the All-Star game in the middle, I also feel like it's better for players to not make the All-Star game because it's no, like, yes. you know, you want the honors. But at the same time, like you also kind of want to go on vacation for a bit, lay low, relax. Um, it's almost better that they're not entering. You know, I don't know. I don't mean to be like Mr. Positivity here. But if they were entering the All-Star break on like a tear and they had yet to lose their two in a row or consecutive games, it would be like, oh, the All-Star game is coming at a terrible time. They're, you know, they're on this, they're on a heater and this is getting interrupted. And then they're coming back kind of off that lull. So at least they get a little bit of the break. But you wrote about uh, the Hurricanes for Boston.com. And I found this interesting because the Hurricanes, I think, should scare you a bit. And we've said this, I think, from the beginning of the year. That if there's any team in the East, you know, Tampa's given you trouble in the past. At some point, Toronto has to break through. But Carolina is a really interesting one. Again, fortunately, you won't have to meet them until Easter Conference Final. But they do stand in the way of the Stanley Cup, potentially, if they make it through the Metro, which, I mean, that team should make it through the Metro without huge issue. Um, They have all the pieces. I mean, you're missing Pacioretty, which we'll get to in a bit. I want to get to what they could do with the deadline later. Um, we're going to turn into Hurricanes beat for a little bit here. But at the same time, they, they have the pieces, and they've been kicking around for a little while here. Like, I think stylistically they can beat you, but also, like, 
it's getting to be kind of their time too, in a sense, right? Yeah, this isn't like the team in 2019 where they went on that that crazy run uh, and they get to the the Eastern Conference Final and were kind of wide eyed and didn't have a chance against the Bruins in that series. Played a little bit tougher in the Toronto bubble the next year, but I think over the last couple of years, you've seen this be a team that I think buys into what Robert Demore is doing. The system works when you look at how, when they're executing, I mean, that forecheck is relentless, uh, how they attack on the PK, all that stuff gives even a very structured team like the Bruins fits when they're playing at their best. Um, so yeah, this is a team that isn't uh, an upstart team that is looking to finally break through their they're there and they've been there for a while and they're due for a, a deep run themselves. So this isn't a team that I think, especially you look at the Bruins and the record setting pace they're on. It's probably one team that is not afraid of them. That doesn't have the something in the back of their head. It's probably this Carolina team because they smoked them last year. Like this is again, the Bruins are a better team than they were last year. Have pieces back that help. You can make the argument of David Krejci's back. They probably beat Carolina in a seven game series, but They'd been there, done that. You know, I, I kind of wrote in the the my column for Boston.com, this Carolina team was the team that got the closest to pushing the Bruins to post Bergeron era. Came very, very close to it. Given the chance, they are more than happy and capable of finishing the job again this year if you're not up to, not up to the task. So, um, yeah, I, I just think the way they play, um, you know, I think Ty Anderson had a thing uh, that he tweeted out that Frederick Anderson, as much as he was a um, – they don't have – much luck against the Bruins with Toronto before that third period goal. I think they credited to Taylor Hall. Uh, Frederick Anderson had a 153 minute shutout streak against the Bruins. Like everywhere in the ice, they, they have depth uh, guys that match up well against Boston. Um, they're, they're going to, I think be the biggest hurdle. You can look at Toronto and they've got the talent that te- seems like a team that's due to finally break through and go and run as well. But I think when you look at just the pure matchup, the history um, where that team is at in terms of that core, that's a team that if you're looking at what team has the best chances of upsetting this kind of destiny driven season, the Bruins have been on so far. I think it has to be Carolina. Bruins beat is brought to you by bet online. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any game or sport imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Now, back to the show. Stylistically, you know, it's funny. We talked about the Kraken earlier in the season, how the Kraken kind of deployed a strategy that really worked against uh, the Bruins. The Hurricanes have been doing this for a little while now, and they've they've evolved and adapted to Jim Montgomery's Bruins. And you saw that um, on Sunday. And again, Bruins end of, you know, three games and four nights. It was not, you know, the Bruins were not in peak condition to play the, to play a team like the Hurricanes. Uh, but at the same time, I think... This continues to harp on the people who are like, oh, the Bruins need a losing streak, this and that. You don't because you want to secure home ice if you face a team like Carolina. Now, do I think if the teams played a seven game series again, do I think that, you know, um, 
they're they're splitting you know they're going three wins on the road three loss or excuse me three wins at home three losses on the road and then you know whoever was at home wins game seven I don't think it's going to split that evenly but I think you want home ice in a series against Carolina yeah I mean you just look at the the, the raw numbers again 21 and six you're outscored last year um it just doesn't seem like it's a situation where um for the Bruins you're all about making this road easier for yourself right you look at Carolina and how uh, much of a looming challenge that will be. But again, they should hopefully be in the third round. If, if everything goes right in terms of where the Bruins and Carolina are both looking at the top of their respective divisions, kick that can down the road. And if you want to make things easier, make sure it's a, a, a game seven in Boston, right? You can look at home ice and people get to the point where they talk about how it's not important. Sometimes Look at the history. Look at what the Carolina Hurricanes have done to Boston in their own building. Um, sure, you can look at Game 7 of the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. Sure. Well, yes, that's hockey, right? Sometimes shit happens. But let's look at the track record in terms of the Bruins and how much they've struggled against Carolina. Um, for them, it's all about, again, charting that that best path. And when you look at the way these standings are, are settling out, get through the first round. Make sure Toronto and Tampa Bay kick the crap out of each other in the first round. Make sure you have a home ice against Carolina. I think those are the biggest keys, right? And it all falls into place if you keep on to that number one seed. So, again, are we panicking about a three-game lull? I'm not, but still, you have to still look at keeping pace. It's not like, yes, we've talked about the record setting, kind of run the Bruins are on, but Carolina's not exactly that far behind them. Again, the Bruins have breathing room, but you don't want to be in a stretch where you go – two and seven and one or something like that. And all of a sudden Carolina makes it five points or four points or anything like that. Just keep on cruising right along and, and we'll see how this kind of schedule lightens up a little bit. This is a pretty brutal stretch going into the all-star break. So um, I think R and R would be really helpful for this team in terms of kind of resetting their, their batteries and getting ready for kind of the not second half, but the final two months of the regular season. Or, you somehow hope that Carolina can, you know, somehow loses in round one or two, which again, I think is a, that's a tall ask, but you know, Tampa losing to Columbus in 2019 was a tall ask. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I mean, do I see New Jersey beating Carolina? No, I guess if Shesterkin heats up, maybe the Rangers have a chance. Like I'm just looking, you know, does Washington beat Carolina? No, Pittsburgh, probably not. I mean, I get like, I don't think there's a team over there that is, you know, fully equipped to do that. Um, and it's funny because, you know, the year that the Bruins kind of a last dance type year, it almost feels like the real Stanley Cup is getting through rounds one through three um, over, you know, whoever comes out of the West. I think we both agree that it feels like it's a year where the West, you're going to have a team that's like a six seed, seven seed, eight seed. It's going to make a crazy run and, you know, take yeah. down, you know, a number one Winnipeg or something. But it's hockey. Who knows? Speaking of the West. The Bo Horvat rumors continue. People wonder where he's going to end up. Um, every mother, every brother, every person—I almost said everybody, everybody and their mother, but everybody and their brother too. Everybody's asking. Everybody's asking where he's going to end up. Uh, and Carolina seems like a pretty good destination because Carolina just had Max Pacioretty go on LTIR. They have cap space. Uh, they can afford uh, a Bo Horvat, and you have use for him. You put him at second line center. Um, Right after Sebastian Ajo, you know, it's an easy place to do it. Um, and if they did get Horvat, my guess is they would improve, right? Like that seems like a pretty, pretty easy guess there, right? That that would probably happen. Uh, and I, but I also look at 
Do you think the Bruins need to go into a mode of like, hey, we need to get Bo Horvat, so they don't? I don't think that's a good strategy to have, but it is annoying, I guess, when you go to play them in the playoffs, if you do, and suddenly you're trying to figure out matchups and you have to plan for someone like a Bo Horvat online too. Yeah, I think it's you You can run the risk of falling down that rabbit hole if you go into a bidding war with a team that probably has more assets and also probably a greater need right now for Bo Horvat, right? Like we talk about yes. Horvat and where he fits in the grand scheme of things next year. Makes plenty of sense, especially Bergeron and Krejci, or at least one of them aren't back. Makes a lot of sense. This year, will he help? Of course. But is there a glaring hole for a uh, a 40-goal center? Not really. Like, again, you can put him on the wing and you have a fantastic top line or, or second line, what have you. He will help. But look at where the vacancies are for Carolina, and especially with a guy like Pat Sturdy going down. That's a legitimate hole that a team like Carolina that also feels like it's on the brink of a deep run, they need him right now. And you also look at the fact that, yes, the Bruins have guys like Lorai and, and Lysel and what have you in a first-round pick. Um, I mean, look at Carolina where, you know, you, they mention young, you know, NHL players. Are they looking at a guy like Jarvis? Are they looking at a guy like Marty Natchez? Like all these guys? It's one of those things where they have more tangible assets that they can move. Uh, as opposed to like a prospect or two from the Bruins. So, yes, I, I think ideally you'd like Bo Horford to go to like some team out West or a team that's like a seven or eight seed who will help them, but it's not, you know, a, a kind of an arms race between the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. But you you can't, I think, be looking at the other team while relinquishing assets that, again, help you out. But is there a, a need for it or do you have the assets really to contend if a team like Carolina is dropping a guy like nature's or what have you? So um, it's tough, right? Like you, you'll see this happen. We've seen it happen time and time again with like Tampa Bay, right? Where it's like, Oh, I wonder what they'll do. Oh God, they got Brendan Hagel. Oh, they got Nick Paul. Oh, they got uh Barkley Goudreau, all these guys, Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman. Like it's not, it's yeah. It's never good when you see these guys go to a team that you do is probably your top rival, Ryan McDonough. Right. Um, yes. But and there's times where I think you look at the McDonough thing and the case could be made that the Bruins should have made a move there. But because there was, a, again, I think a glaring need for a McDonough on that decor at the time. But Was that 2018? 2018, I want to say, right? That was the year they got Net Rick Nash, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. and you look at just how much that would have filled a hole. Like, again, Horvat will help this team. I'm not saying he won't. And he will especially help next year. But I think when you look at just the urgency for this season, especially um, Carolina probably has more of a pressing need right now because they have a spot open with Petrarchy out. Like it, it makes a lot more sense for them than the Bruins. And especially if the Bruins have to give up two firsts or Lysel and Lorai or Harrison or Matthew Poitra, any of these other guys as well, you kind of run down that slippery slope. If you're always looking, you know, across the table, what the other team's hand is. Right. So uh, we'll see how it all, you know, works out, but, I think if you're the birds, the one thing you can't do at this deadline is, you know, focus most of your efforts on what the other teams in the East are doing. Bruins Beat is brought to you by HelloFresh. When it's time for the game, home gate like a pro with a limited time winning assortment of snacks, appetizers, and shareable sweets available at HelloFresh Market. Treat friends and fans to delicious barbecue, baby back ribs, chocolate chip brownies, and everything in between. We all want to save money this time of year, but did you know that HelloFresh helps you save money all year round? In fact, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. Fast and fresh recipes 
HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with bernier sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. Recently, I got shipped one of my favorites, one pan mango salsa pork tacos with cilantro and sour cream, and it is as good as it sounds. I love tacos, and with the fresh ingredients sent to me, it was a delicious dinner I'll 100% be doing again. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruin65 and use code Bruin65 for 65% off your purchase plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruin65 and use code Bruin65 for 65% off your purchase plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now, back to the show. You, if you focus on others, you'll never be happy. Um, but, exactly. Well, <laughs> but said, I, but, well said. But I will say, like, the more I think about this, and we'll talk about this more as the deadline quickly approaches, especially after the All-Star break, when it's going to be, you know, like nine days. And it's going to be like, all right, like, deadline time. Um, an interesting thing about Fabian Lysel, uh, I don't really want to trade him. I think he is a an asset that is, you know, projects as a top six winger uh, in the NHL. But... What's one thing the Bruins have a lot of currently? Top six wingers in the NHL. Taylor Hall, yeah. Brad Marchand, Jake DeBrusque, um, for hopefully David Pasternak. I would assume they get, you know, I would I would think they get that done, uh, you know, at some point. So let's say, you know, you have those four. And, you know, you have those guys locked up for a fair amount of time. Do you have a place to put Lysel? I mean, it's a legitimate case. And if you're going for a Stanley Cup now... Like, if this is the year and you really want to maximize this, maybe that is what you do. Now, again, it comes down to where do you put Bo Horvath in the lineup? Like, DeBrusque, if any, if these three games have proven anything, it's that DeBrusque works with, with Marshan and Bergeron. That is a good line. So do you want to break that up, right? Uh, do you want to uh, move Pavel Zaka off that line? Well, where does he go now? Do you take Trent Frederick off the third line? Like, there are things you have to do in your own lineup, but... If it's because you're held up on trading Lysel, like, I don't want to trade Lysel. I think Lysel's really good, and I think he has potential and all these things, right? But at the same time, you do have those top six wingers in the NHL. And I think a lot of people look at, like, Lorai, and, like, they'll, you know, they say, like, oh, you know, uh, the, the left side on D, it's, you know, Hampus Lindholm and Grizzly. Like, you do, you do have a need for Lorai in the future. And Lorai, I mean, has the frame for it, like, all that stuff, Right. Uh, but you you have those top six wingers in the NHL. So again, I'm not advocating for trading Lysel, but I don't think we should be like, oh, don't 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 even think about that. Like, and I think that's one thing that I think you know uh, people get you know hung up on prospects, myself included. Um, but I think that when you look at you know the roster itself, there's quite a few of those top six wingers, um, and it's better to have those prospects than not. But if it's if you're going to sacrifice, um, you know, if, if Lysel was a center, it would be different, right? Like if Lysel had that upside and was a center you would say well no like they need him probably next year in that role they might not even need him in that top six role next year so um i don't know i just think that it's it's slippery slippery slope to hold off on trading someone like that what do you think about that yeah i think it has to be something where you, you look at it and that's not to say you have to move like sell that means you get a guy like uh, Luke Shen, Luke or Shen. Something like that, yeah. right? Right? Like, <laughs> no, it's all don't about finding do that. the right price. But if you, if it's part of a move, even if it's like, let's say it's next year and you kick the, the can down the road for looking for a center, and I don't know, it's Lysel in a first and someone else, like a, a Clayton Keller or someone like that, right? You're looking at just any other potentially young centers that can move in a 
a year or two. That's when we look at it. Yeah. And maybe life cell next year is averaging, you know, two points or, you know, two points per game or something really early on in the year in Providence. And he's still a very skilled player, but if it fits a need more, then you have to make that, make that call. So yes, Lysel is very talented. I think for Bruins fans who have been desperate for blue chip prospects in their system, it's you covet these guys even more when it looks like they do show that flash and that promise. But that being said, if it moves like that improves the team both this year or especially in the years ahead and gives you a proven NHL prospect, product in return you have to make that call right so i don't think any of these guys should be off limits it's all about just being smart with your assets right because if again you're looking at a team like caroline you overspend to get a guy like horvat and it leads to a cap crunch next year or what have you then again maybe you've hoped that your team in the short term but you're also don't want to see guys like lysel also be lighting up and horvat's either not resigning or or who knows what happens. So you just got to be cognizant of those things. But yes, I agree. I don't think any of these guys should be absolutely off limits. Horvat feels a little like an overperformer this year. Uh, that's someone I'm a teeny bit weary of, of giving like a huge long-term deal to. But at the same time, guy like Hampus Lindholm, we kind of said last year, always regressing. You never know. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe a change of scenery um, helps him continue that, the culture change, all those things. I don't know. Who knows what happens? Doesn't feel like the Bruins are going to do a huge move like that where they trade Lysel, but again, I just don't think they should be completely opposed to doing so. Connor, what can people look forward to from you over Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way throughout this Bruins season. Um, you know, we'll have a few more breakdowns as Bruins three-game lull um, over at Boston.com. Beyond Bruins news, we also have Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, everything that is happening in Boston sports you can find over at Boston.com yours truly and many other very talented writers and if you want to follow me on twitter as well you can at connor ryan underscore 93 go do all that that's connor ryan i'm f marinovsky bruins pete listeners have a great rest of your week (laughs) 